the Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and that little sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric. I'm here, and I didn't blow up any trains. So yeah, well, oh first of all, God. congratulations. Thank you. I'm glad that you didn't commit an act of terrorism. <laughs> uh, big day for you. Yeah, it's any day I can go without committing acts of That's uh, domestic terrorism. That's always what I say. I wake up every morning, and I got my little fingers crossed. I mm. go, oh, I hope Eric didn't commit an act of terrorism oh today. Oh, God. What happened? Okay, I mean, so the huge, the trains took forever? Well, here, I think why it was so frustrating is because a new thing happened to me today on the train. Okay. And it, anytime it's, it, you know, as somebody who is deeply deeply invested in urbanization and public infrastructure yes there's nothing more frustrating on the face of the planet than the new york subway system it's the thing about it is is it is a miracle yes it is a engineering marvel right but it has fallen into disrepair because we uh, had a conservatively controlled state Senate for right. many, many years that was basically like, fuck New York City, we're not sending you anywhere mm-hmm. near the amount of money you need right. uh, to upkeep the subways. And also the MTA was an incredibly, is an incredibly corrupt, poorly run institution. Right. Yeah, I always say that like, you know, like, yeah, the the New York City subway system was a... Uh, a miracle of engineering and uh, the greatest public infrastructure program in the 1940s. And we still have that same system today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not never changed updated. once. Yeah. And if we had updated it, it would still be uh, a wonder. And now it's just every day it seems to get worse. That's the, what the most frustrating thing is. Because if it was like, because I've been to other cities and used the other like public transits. If it just outright was like terrible, mm-hmm. you'd just be like, yeah, this sucks. Mm-hmm. But it could be good. Yeah. And that's the frustration. You go to like Japan, yes. suddenly you're like, oh. Right. Not only could we have amazing uh, an amazing subway system, we could have like bullet trains. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just so frustrating because it's like you you get it you you're you're on the train system and you're you're like this you could see how it could be great. Right. And then it's just not. In so today a new thing happened to me today which mm. is so first off, I got to my first train station by my house, and I get there, and it says the next train is in 20 minutes. Beautiful. Is this the L? No, this is the D train. Oh, okay. So we're used to this with the L right now. Yes. But that is unusual. Something, that's, that's something a bad happened. C- yes. The, the L train is on a 20-minute schedule because of a planned construction project. The D train was just late. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did they uh, ever give you an official reason? No. Well, and then what happened was... I texted you that I was waiting 20 minutes for a train. And then I guess there was just some sort of miscommunication because then a train showed up. Okay, great. So I guess there was just some sort of uh, train that was not reporting its times. Wonderful. <laughs> so you got on a rogue train. I got on a ghost train. Yeah. yeah. Um, so go. I go do my transfer. I get on the C train. Everything's going smooth, mm-hmm. right? I get to one stop away from your house. Okay. Utica Avenue. Perfect. Right? I get there. And uh, the C is a local train, mm-hmm. and we get to Utica, and it says, this train is going express. There's a train right behind us that is making all local stops. Okay, this happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. Because yeah. you know what? Trains get off their schedules. They start to bunch up, and they're a little they too close together. So time. they send the train that's first in line. They send it further down the line. Right. You know, because they're like, hey, we need to get this one out of the way. We need to separate these trains a little bit so they send one further down the line happens no big deal because there's supposed to be a train right behind us Mm -hmm. so we get off the train and we wait five minutes (laughs) which 
Five minutes is not right behind you. No. That's that's a yeah. regular amount of space between trains. Also, for people listening who are like, five minutes isn't that long. Five minutes trapped in a hot subway uh-huh. tunnel yeah. is like 20 minutes normal time. Yes. And it's just like, there, there are often trains five minutes behind. That's a normal amount of distance yeah. for regular service. Like, this, is not a, this is not a time where trains are on top of mm-hmm. each other. So we wait five minutes, and that train shows up. And we get on the train, and it says this train is going express. You sons and of bitches! And that's when we lost it. That's you when we were like, sons of bitches. "That's when people started screaming." You don't do like, that. <laughs> you don't do two trains in a row going express. And we got back off the train, and then we waited fifteen minutes By the way, for another. You train. know, you could have walked from Utica in ten minutes. I, well, but I didn't. We had the hope that the train was coming, <laughs> so it was sort of like I could walk ten minutes. But there's supposed to be a train yeah. coming. By the way, I say that, but I have waited 15 minutes. Yes. at you know, because I'm uh-huh. like, I don't want to walk. You get into this, <laughs> you get into this weird pickle situation where if you don't know exactly how long the train is away, mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I could walk 15 minutes, but if there's a train in less time than that, then yes. I should take the train. And but truly, there's no worse feeling in the world than you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna walk, and, and you're too <laughs> far away, and you hear the train pull uh-huh. up, and you're like, God, yes, fuck uh-huh. my life, yeah. yeah. Um, that always happens to me too. If uh, if I ever get on a train that's like sitting on the tracks, that's like with the doors open, and it's like we're being held, and I finally like I'm sitting there for like ten minutes. I'm finally like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm getting off the train. Literally, as soon as I get on the stairs, it always closes its doors and pulls away. Yes, always. Uh, always. I mean, it's just <sighs> what I'm saying is, I think I have to devote my life to public service and become. Are you gonna fix this up? I think I have to. Okay. I think I have to single-handedly. I think I have to Eric's become gonna the head walk of the into MTA. a tunnel, yeah. and we're not gonna hear from <laughs> him in ten years, and the trains are just gonna magically start to get better. It's just so it's frustrating. Be like. If you listen very quiet, if you listen very closely on quiet nights, uh-huh. you'll hear the sound of Eric Smith and his old chisel <laughs> in the subway the system. Do you remember fixing that? Fixing the trains one that? line at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that story about the 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 folk hero guy that would just commandeer trains and run them on time? Is that the guy who, there's been so many, disconcertingly, there's been quite a few men who have uh, commandeered mm. trains over the years in New York City. There was one guy who really, I think he was like on the spectrum and he was like obsessed with trains. This is the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, yes. This is that guy, yeah. Yes. So he would, he started as a kid, actually, as a teenager. He was obsessed with yeah. the public transportation, buses and trains. And then I didn't know his deal was that he ran them on time. Though. Yes, that was his deal. He would he would well, and he started because a lot of people don't know the full story. So basically, he I think I can't for life me remember his name, but basically he would start. He was obsessed with with buses and trains in New York. He knew all the lines. He mm-hmm. memorized the entire yeah. grid, and yeah, the, it first started when he you know he would take the train or the bus all the time, and he became friends with all the workers. Mm-hmm. And then one time, one of those workers wanted to like take the day off, so he's just like, "I'll do it," and he just ran listen, the route. He listen, just he. It's a happy accident that he ended up running the better. The person who let him take <laughs> over his route is wild. <laughs> that is a wild decision. Yeah, he to just make. he just gave the guy the day off and just ran the route like well, just like on time. <laughs> and so then he started just like. Yeah, just like commandeering like trains and buses and just like running them correctly and Plus. on time. Um, but there's a really sad part of the story that doesn't a lot of people don't know about, which is that obviously the NYPD was after him right. and they and they finally arrested him. And then so this was around he got arrested. I think he was in I may have the timeline mixed up a little bit, but I think he was in prison 
af- like during 9-11, or maybe right after. Mm-hmm. Maybe he got arrested right after. But he was in jail at one point. The FBI comes and gets him out of jail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have a very deep knowledge of the New York City subway right. system. We need you to show us how you get into these stations, and we need you to show us where all these weak points are. Right. So they take him around the city. The FBI literally like takes him out of prison, dr- basically takes him all around the city so he can show him all the weak points, all the weak points in the yeah. New York City subway system, all the secret entrances that he, you, you're able to get into, and all this stuff. He does it, and they put him back in prison Aww. and say that because he knows so much about the system, he's too much of a threat to let he's out of prison. He's not a threat, though. All he wants to do is drive the trains. It's, it's not like he ever hurt anybody. Yeah, unbl- I, it made me so mad when I read the full story. I, I got so... It's, I feel it's the worst maddening. for him. The The guy who they just arrested for pulling the brakes and stuff. Oh, yeah. The way that was covered, the media just kept talking about the fact that he was, like, pulling brakes and delaying trains. Mm-hmm. He was also flashing women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, they never talked about right. that i was like he's like committing a sex crime <laughs> as well and i think we should talk about that right but so i didn't feel um as sorry for that guy although i don't think putting him in prison is a solution right but yeah i really i felt so sorry for that guy because i'm like he did, wasn't hurting anybody no, he kept his dick in his pants he, he the mta loved him like yeah. he was friends with all the employees oh. there oh, it was uh, yeah he should be an honorary yes conductor. absolutely Give him a job. Yeah. Make him an MTA employee. What are you doing? He's keeping the trains on time. So uh, I wanted to get to some Patreon comments, recommendations, questions. Love it. If you are new to the show, uh, we don't just talk about trains. That's my podcast. Yeah, that's Eric's <laughs> podcast. That's Traincast with Eric. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. And if you're a $5 a month member or higher over there, you get to send questions that we'll answer on the show. Although, I believe this first uh, question is a rare emailed question. Ooh, wow. Brave. I, I, never, wow, I brave. never promote the email on the show. <laughs> Did just they just guess the email? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Oh, no, it is actually on the contact form oh, of the okay, website. Okay. <laughs> but no one sends in questions this way, Katie. So this is a rare treat for us. Did she put it on parchment and mail it to you? It's also very... <laughs> I'm answering it very late because I never checked the email. So I was like, what is this email from like two months ago? Oh, my God. Katie sent a question. So Katie has a serious question. It's a known fact that you are the best at naming things. Thank you so much. How much of a donation to Light Trees and News would it take to get your help naming my craft business? Thanks. Okay, so Katie, I'm afraid I can't answer the question because I don't know what your craft business is. Yeah, there are lots of different types of crafts. We need to know what the craft is. Um, And also, how much of a donation? I'll I'll do it for free as long as you tell your friends about the show. Yes. I'm generous that way. But Eric, I know you are pun master. I will generate puns for $5 a pun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to make you do one for free right now. Okay. Without knowing anything about the craft business or like what Katie makes. Okay. What would you name a crafting business? Mm, Okay. It's a crafting business. She's making things with her hand. Some sort of art project with her hand. I'm going to go right? first. I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Katie's Craftacular Craft Depository. Ooh. That's, <laughs> that's great. That I feel like that's a name that would be like on The Simpsons. Katie's Craftacular <laughs> Craft Depository. That's my answer. Here's... Right off the top of my head, here's what I thought. How about uh, if it's just you? If it's just like it's just like your your personal business, just one person. What if you call it uh, uh, the handmade? 
Oh, M-A-I-D. that's really good. <laughs> See, I know you'd be good at this. Uh, there you go, Katie. Two free business name <laughs> ideas, both spectacular. Um, and then Amanda. Amanda, we're actually going to talk about this in the bad news section, but maybe we can talk about it right now instead. Amanda wants to know, how did Sean Spicer wind up on Dancing with the Stars? Why does Sean Spicer's redemption arc continue? Why? Why? Screams into the void. Oh, I know why. It's because uh, we live in hell. That's <laughs> right. <what I> <laughs> we're, we're in the bad uh, timeline right now, Katie. Have you seen those Twitter threads about people speculating about which banal event led to the timeline fracturing <laughs> and us entering the bad timeline? I have not, but that's so not like something I'd be one that I remember is Chris Pratt getting skinny mm-hmm. and getting fit. That mm-hmm. was the thing that spun us into yeah. the bad timeline. Yeah. Which I'll, I would buy. Can I give you my theory? Yes. I believe that the Mayan 2012 prediction actually happened. <laughs> and this is, the world did uh-huh. end. Yes, it, it, it changed. Yes. It, it, it did change when they said it did, but it wasn't a world ending. It was, I mean, I guess you could say it was a world ending, but it wasn't uh, uh, the apocalypse like everyone thought it was going to be. But that is when everything shifted. I thought about that with Y2K, mm, where I was yeah. like, did it happen? <laughs> did the world end? <laughs> but like nothing ever actually ends, but we it fractured and then we spun off into the, the bad one. Yeah. I, that's, there's a real possibility of that. <laughs> so the good timeline, in my scenario, the good timeline, we're dead. Uh-huh, yeah. But because, you know, there are multi-levels of uh, dimensions and realities... It fractured, and instead of the sweet release of death, right. we now live in this world. That's always what I say, is that the best case scenario is that I'm actually dead. Dead. Uh-huh. I don't know why anyone fears death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, sounds very peaceful. Yeah. Sounds restful. Uh, um, what, why do KO so funny as being someone old enough to be like cognizant of what was happening at the time? Because I, I don't really remember the lead up to it because I was in middle school, so I was just like... I remember it being a thing, people mm-hmm. talking about it, but I don't remember like you know businesses. For, I wasn't like watching the news and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember on New Year's Eve being like, like, won't we know what happens like twelve hours earlier? Because like, right, some place on the zones. other, yeah. I was like, and then I was like, and then as I got older, I was like, did nobody think of that? Like, did none of the adults think like, how is this gonna work? Like, I think they did, but I think they assumed, yeah, it would. We would <laughs> see it in waves and time zones. I was at Navy Pier. With my friend Katie Rusi mm-hmm. and two, now that I reflect upon it, much older sailors <laughs> who we should not have been hanging out with. And instead of worrying about Y2K, we were like at Navy Pier and I was like, are we going to make out with these guys? <laughs> and then I was like, how old are they? <laughs> I think they're like 25 and we were mm, 16 or 17. Oh and no. I was like, mm, boy. And then I remember someone being like, oh, the lights are still on. And I was like, right, Y2K. <laughs> right. That's yeah. what I should have been thinking about. Uh, like, are we going to make out with these sailors? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, and they didn't. Oh, good. We, we didn't make out yeah. with the sailors. Yeah. Navy Pier's in Chicago. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Been there. Where that, that's the one with the big Ferris wheel? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I went there when it was so cold. Like so what an, I feel like it's always what so cold un- or swelteringly hot. I, I went in like around Halloween. Mm-hmm. I, literally my only memory of that trip is that it was so cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your Y2K stories? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag like Put, Actually, pod. you know what? Don't tell me because it's all going to be like I was a baby and I'm going to be horribly oh, upset. Oh, yeah. If you were young, <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. This is a question for the 30s and older. Yeah, do not. 
What were you doing? Don't you dare tell me you weren't born yet. Don't I will. You dare. <laughs> I Don't you dare tweet me. I wasn't born. I will block you for life. <laughs> The 30s and older. Yeah. Where you, were you for Y2K? Uh-huh. Hashtag light trees and pod. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, I mean, the the real answer to the Sean Spicer question is is that uh, this is always what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like seeing those stories about like George Bush and his finger paints or whatever. Yeah. It's like, wh- who gives a shit? Like, and I mean, look, if you don't think that after he's out of office, whether it be 2020 or 2024, that Donald Trump is going to immediately have another television show, you're out of your fucking mind. You are truly out of your mind. He's he's probably already working on it and it's just waiting to go into business as soon as he's out of office because yeah. it's his brand is even bigger now. What's interesting is that it's not like I don't believe in redemption arcs, but I think it's interesting that we can't rush fast enough to give a redemption arc to someone like Sean Spicer. But if you got busted for like selling drugs, it's like you should go to prison the rest of your life. Well, here's the thing about redemption arcs. And this always gets brought up with like people like Aziz and Louis CK too. And they're like, is there no room for redemption? Is there no room for, <laughs> when you've you know, done absolutely no work to redeem yourself. This is my thing. You have to apologize first. Not only do you have to apologize, you have to quietly without the presence do of the, the press, work. do the work, like work with a community and don't like put the onus on them to be like, teach me how to not be a piece of shit. Yeah, like, like you have to show that you are working to be a better person. And then maybe one day you get your redemption arc. You don't get a redemption arc for bitching about PC culture in yeah. like a magazine. And then you get handed a Netflix special. That's not a redemption arc. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, and that's like the Sean Spicer thing is Sean Spicer hasn't apologized for anything he did for the Trump administration. No, he, he, he is a, uh, he is a collaborator. He is yeah. a fascist. He collaborated with fascists and helped advance an incredibly destructive agenda that is ruining the planet. That is, that led to people being locked into detention camps and he is a part of that he has done nothing to redeem himself and it is fucking ridiculous that people like karamo oh are God. like oh i'll sit down with him and i'll talk with him it's like go fuck yourself stay dude Twitter. stay uh, yeah he, he deleted he, he his he account deleted stay yeah, yeah, yeah i never i've <laughs> this is so weird to say i have watched all of queer eye still to this day have no idea what karamo does so Karamo, he's like a life coach. Yeah, I, as he's far culture. as I can tell, all I—I I mean, I know what he does on the show, but like for a job, as far as I can tell, all he does is tell people believe in yourself. Uh, he's a motivational speaker, kind of. <laughs> like all he does is tell people like, like believe in yourself and take time for yourself and talk to people. That's it. That's yeah. his advice for everything. Which all good advice, but like. The thing to remember about him is he got his start on the real world. He's always wanted to oh, be a reality star. I didn't know that. Yeah, real world Philadelphia. Um. Mm. So, like, he's always wanted to be a celebrity, like, but like all of them, you know, yeah. like Jonathan Van Ness, bless his little <laughs> face, but he is a, a corporate shill right. and just wants to be famous. Yeah. And I think he's pretty candid about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also happens to be like a sweet person. Right, right, right. Um, but that's all of them. Like, they, they're just, they want to be celebrities. Sure. And it's like, that's what that is. And occasionally they, they say something heartwarming and, or they help somebody and right. it's like, great. That's all that show is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So it was sort of keeping with that theme that I was like, right, Karamo, Karamo's brand is oftentimes, I am going to be a good-natured doormat. Yeah. Like the episode where they were remaking The Cop. Oh, yeah. And Karamo was just like, I'm going to try to meet you halfway on this. And it's like, dude, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Because the thing is like, and that's what frustrates me about the Sean Spicer thing is like, 
it's a tool of people on the right to be like, oh, don't you believe in, um, you know, rehabilitation or, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, giving people a second chance and stuff like this. And it's like, like we were saying earlier, it's like, the thing is, we do believe in that, but it's a two way street. Right. And the other person has to do it, too. And so it's like it's like, you know, the when you're trying to rehabilitate a cop's image, it's like the cop's not fucking apologizing for what he did. No. And in fact, if you asked him to, it would be like, oh, so now you have an anti-cop bias. Yeah. And it's like redemption is about reflection and working to make amends. Yeah. And Sean Spicer, that does not mean going onto a show to get paid to dance. And also we should say, too. Part of redemption and rehabilitation is that you do the work without expecting it. Right. Like you're not owed redemption no. by those people. Nobody has you to should do you the ever. work anyway, though. Yeah. And whether you get it or not is not the point. That I mean, drives me nuts when somebody apologizes and the other person's like, apology not accepted. And they yeah. get mad about it. It's yeah. like, no, no, they don't have to they accept have to your accept apology. It. Like you should still do it. Yeah. It, but it's not it's not on them to re- rehabilitate you. It's on yeah. you to do the work and then you know whether they, if they do great if not that's their decision too right so while we're in the recce rec yep. section i wanted to talk about uh i finished mine hunter nice i'll try not to give any spoilers in case you're in the middle of watching it or you haven't started yet but skip ahead to the next music cue maybe if you don't want to hear anything about the show but uh, it's so good. <laughs> I love it. I got so excited the other day when I heard that David Fincher has a five-year plan for the show. Because I, I would actually be okay if they never get to busting BTK. Yeah. If he's just sort of the symbol of the show where it's like the sort of um, hopelessness of right. ever finding all of these guys. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea that maybe they'll never show you that mm-hmm. BTK is caught and yeah, you'll just yeah. keep seeing him escalating his behavior. Right. Um, but I think ultimately where it's going to go is it takes some 15 years, but ultimately they do find him. Right. Um, and that's going to be like an amazing moment mm-hmm. if they like age them and fast forward and they finally find this guy. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be very powerful. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm interested because I haven't been able to watch season two yet. Mm. Um, do they deal with, because I, 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 I haven't read his book, but I've read a lot about the real guy. Mm-hmm. And I know a part of it, a big part of his story is that he has like full on like mental breakdowns because of his yes. work. Do they deal with that in the yeah. show? So do you remember at the end of season one, uh, Ed Kemper hugs him? Yes. So he, Holden, how they start to explore all that is he uh, has panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And this is also at a time when nobody knows what a panic attack is. Right. So like the FBI is not super sympathetic to right, him right, right, right. and are sort of like, you're a pussy and you need to man up mm-hmm. and not understanding that it's like a full physical right. thing when it happens to yeah, him. Yeah. Um, so uh, season two opens actually with him being treated in a hospital uh, for having a full on panic attack. Oh, okay. Like he's strapped to a bed and they have him sedated gotcha. from the, the Ed Kemper things like a huge trigger for him. Right. Um, so it, it, the season opens with that and then it's Holden. Although they don't really focus on him a lot this season, that's like his main storyline, right. him trying to deal with this mental health stuff. Gotcha. Um, cool. The Charles Manson stuff, so good. Nice. Uh, and I was also really glad they showed Tex because mm. the whole thing with Manson is he never killed anybody. Right. He was a racist, manipulative predator. Cult leader. Yeah. Cult leader yeah. who preyed on like young girls. Mm-hmm. And 
definitely facilitated the murders happening, like mm-hmm. told them to go out and kill right. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he is responsible. Right. But when they go to interview Tex, it's fascinating because Tex at that point is like fully religiously converted. Mm-hmm takes full responsibility for everything right and he says those i did those murders tex yeah. killed everybody yeah, yeah so his whole thing was like i did it mm-hmm. charlie didn't do it i did it mm-hmm. charlie sh- should be in jail right but he's like the fact that they're calling them the manson murders he's like i killed everybody in that house yeah um and also the other house the the uh labianca murder right. too um but yeah it, w- it was never manson but it was interesting because they never show Tex, mm-hmm. ever. Like, right. even in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they show that Tex was there and did the murders or right. potentially would have done the murders. Right, right, right. But it's still like... But they don't give him the credit. And they, you don't go into his head, you right. know? Like, you don't know why he's doing this. Right. Um, but, yeah, the interview with him is fascinating. Nice. Uh, Paul Bateson, he's in uh, season two. He's the guy who... Most people know him. He was a serial killer. He was actually in The Exorcist as an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the radiation technicians. Um, so there's an actual serial killer in The Exorcist. The Exorcist is canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag problematic. <laughs> um, and then, oh boy, Wayne Williams, the Atlantic Atlanta child killer, uh-huh. allegedly. Right. Um Perfect casting. Nice. They're, whoever cast the serial killers yeah, good at that. should win an Oscar, and I know it's a television show. <laughs> they should get an Oscar right. anyway. Uh, could talk about it forever, but this is not a Mindhunter podcast, sadly. Sadly, everybody. Sadly. Uh, I also wanted to talk about fucking Sony and Disney and the death of Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't know the whole thing. They s- it's just Spider-Man's leaving the MCU. <sighs> so How's what happened work? was Sony had... Uh, a hold on Spider-Man for many, many years, which is why we had like all of the Tobey Maguire, Andrew right. Garfield films. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of like, not really sold, but like leased the rights to Spider-Man to Disney. But ultimately what it looked like was that they were going to fully sell the rights to Disney, right. give away Spider-Man so that he could come fully into the MCU because right. they had been like sort of leasing him out. Mm-hmm. And then they completely reneged on the deal. <laughs> and they were like, Spider-Man's ours. We're going to put him with Venom because Venom yeah. unexpectedly did really, really right. well at the box office, even though it, it is a bad film. Uh-huh. But it is so fun right. that everybody went and they mean, saw Venom. Everybody loves Tom Hardy. Everybody loves Tom Hardy. And it was like goofy fun. Right. Um, but yeah, now it... it I am still hoping that it is a negotiation tactic and that ultimately they will rehash an enormously lucrative deal for Sony and Tom Holland will be back in the MCU. But I'm just so fucking bummed, especially because Robert Downey Jr. and... um, Chris Evans are now gone. Right. Tom Holland was really being set up as like Spider-Man's going to head the Avengers, basically. He is the new Tony Stark. Yeah. And they set that up in um, Far From Home, Mm Spider-Man Far From Home. And now it's like, what the fuck's going to happen? Yeah. What is happening right now? Like, it really, really fucks all of that writing that they set up. Yeah. I think it's an interesting story about... uh, Copywriting? Just the way that, like, a lot of things in art that people think of as art is more, is mainly just corporate politics oh especially with like there are basically five giant companies that control all of our entertainment Mm -hmm. and the fact that to watch sony and disney duke it out is Mm -hmm. truly like we are just owned by corporations yeah it's just like it's i mean all those decisions it's like you know every time you log on to like 
you know, uh, a Netflix or a Hulu and you're like, why can I get this movie but not X movie? Right. Like, <laughs> this is this is going to be, uh, th- it's, this is a stupid one, but uh, I was just showing my coworker National Treasure for the first time because mm-hmm. he'd never seen it. And you can stream National Treasure on Netflix, but not National Treasure 2, <laughs> which is like, that movie is like, 10 years old at this point yeah why is it not streaming but it's just like these weird corporate deals that people that was the whole thing with like x-men and the avengers yeah it was like people were like you know coming all over themselves because they were like oh my god we're finally gonna see mutants with the superheroes yeah which i'm one of those nerds i was (laughs) like this is gonna be incredible yeah also is kit harrington wolverine have you seen that rumor Sony is supposed all to... All, I mean, I didn't see that rumor specifically. All I saw was that he was going to the MCU. There's supposed to be a big announcement today. Mm-hmm. Um, and people think the announcement is that. I'm torn about that. I don't think he's old enough. But I think physically, he's almost perfect. Because he is short. Hair is good. Like, I his coloring's good. I think it's going to be tough for him coming off Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was perfect. But, like, physically, Hugh Jackman was wrong. Sure. But uh, it, d- well, it ended up not mattering because, like, he was so good. He sort of became Wolverine. I mean, yeah. I, it's like, I think when people think of Wolverine now, they more think of Hugh Jackman. But also, like... He should look like Danny DeVito. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that would be great. That would I would be love great. that. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, like, I think that's going to be tough because they are similar in some ways, just yeah. in, like, the sort of, like, bearded, ripped guy. But I think people are more going to associate Wolverine with, like, especially with, like, logan era hugh jackman mm. the real like kind of dark alpha dude or whatever and i, mean, I don't know yeah. if kit's gonna be able to do that the thing is by the time we got to logan hugh jackman was perfect yes like his age uh-huh. how he fucking looked yeah the scene where he's bearing xavier yeah charles like his face yes. i was like he's wolverine yes and kit is so young mm-hmm. that i'm that scares me a little bit where i'm like i don't think he's gonna have that like grit to him right yeah i don't think so yeah that's yeah. that's my that's my problem is that once you there's like this arc that it's hard for people mm-hmm. i think honestly whether and, and i don't have any judgments of the movie obviously because it hasn't come out i haven't seen it but i think a lot of people are going to have problems with joaquin phoenix as the joker for the same reason oh i think he's going to be spectacular i think it's going to be good i just wonder if people are going to have problems with it either way whether it's good or not i think he's the only one who could follow heath ledger yeah uh, I'm very excited. Did you for see that, that it got an R rating? Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm gonna be front row with my popcorn. I'm gonna. I'm, I can't wait for it to come out. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Uh, any recommendations? Uh, National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, I will defend that movie <laughs> till the day that I die. It's a t- delight. If you don't like it, you're wrong. I've never seen it. Uh, what? Yeah. You never seen it? No. It's great. It is fantastic <laughs> i'll watch it every day of the week you are building it up a lot uh it's so good <laughs> what's not to love you got puzzles uh american history nicholas cage it's a delight uh but yeah my co well so i watched my co-workers like i've never seen national treasure and i was like all right great so we watched it uh because we have a very chill job and we can watch movies at work love it uh so I, and then the, the 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 wildest thing happened which was that right after we finished watching national treasure the the like related movies came up and he's like oh i've never seen indiana jones what and i was like that's wild how did you watch national treasure but not indiana jones aka the first national treasure Uh i was like what (laughs) what are you talking about have you never seen you've never seen any of the indiana jones movies he's like no i was like how that's wild that is so we watched we've watched the first two nice 
waiting on we we we're we're waiting on a day to watch the third, which is my favorite, mm-hmm. uh, the Last Crusade, mm-hmm. my favorite. But the Indiana Jones movies, classic. classic. I mean, just amazing movies. Are you also recommending Indiana Jones right yes. now? Yes. Okay, I'll write that down. Um, as well. Temple of Doom. A uh, little problematic. Sure. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> sure. Highly like problematic. Like most of our old movies uh-huh. and television shows, bad and problematic. Well, yeah, he was like, he was like, I, after we watched, so we watched the first one and then the next day we watched Temple of Doom. He's like, oh, I read about it and I heard it was like, kind of like, you know, Orientalist and problematic. Racist, and yeah. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For it, sure. It was made before both of us were born. Uh, I'm and gonna also tell you something. Never watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. Right. Mickey oh, Rourke yeah. is just full on doing a racist uh-huh, impersonation. Yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's. I was like, so is Lady in the Tramp. I mean, it's like, so, oh my god, when the Siamese cats <laughs> enter, somebody hits a gong, uh-huh. and I'm not kidding. <laughs> and then they sing a very racist. Yes, song. I was just like. I was just like, oh my, like, it was just like. I remember rewatching Lady and the Tramp with my parents and that happened and I just went, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I watched this as a child. Right. It's, un- it's bad. It's really bad. Although there is a new live action Lady and the Tramp that's I shot- bet you they took out that part. And they had to have, right? I hope. There's a new Lady and the Tramp that's all live action that's shot with two real shelter dogs. Did you see someone tweet oh. where they're like, literally all I can think about is how much diarrhea these dogs would have if they ate that much <laughs> spaghetti? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Real. This is why I'm like, stop making them not cartoons because the cartoons were so wonderful. I'm sorry, animated. Yes. Uh, the animations were so wonderful because they're expressive. Like their faces are expressive, mm-hmm. and real animals cannot emote like that. No, I will say the one cool thing that that again, a I like that this movie was shot with two shelter dogs, which is great. That is nice. Yes. Um. And also the great thing about this uh, live action remake is that it's actually a live action remake where they just shot two dogs and they did voiceover. It's cute. They didn't do the weird lifelike CGI. Are you talking about cats? Are you talking about cats? Yeah. You're talking about cats. And the Lion King. I have never been more horrified than when I saw the Cats trailer (laughs) slash immediately decided I'm going to see it. Uh I was like, this looks like a disaster. Like all these live action, they use this like weird like advanced CGI. It's like okay, but this is basically just a better animated movie. I don't under, like why are we. Do, but so yeah. the, the the new Lady and the Champ is like a real, actual real animals. Yeah, it's like actually real yeah. animals, and they just do like like they didn't like fuck like Homeward Bound or whatever. It's just like they shot the animals Ooh, and they did voiceover. You cannot bring up Homeward Bound in my <laughs> presence and expect me not to cry. Yeah. Uh, guys, that's enough of the recommendations. It's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. All right, I guess we got to talk about the several... Utterly bizarre things Trump has said or done recently. I don't. It's. Look, it's. I don't want to be that person who's like 25th Amendment. (laughs) Because, like, I don't think he's going to be removed from office. He's not going to. For being um, an idiot. I. uh, It's just at some point it's like they're saying hateful things and then they're saying things where you're like. Is Has he lost like his grip with reality? Yeah, is he mentally sta- uh, stable enough to be president? Yeah, I'm like, listen, if Reagan didn't get removed from office <laughs> at the end, uh-huh. guys, at the end, Ooh. he was pretty loopy by yeah. then. Uh, it's not going to happen with Trump. The only, uh, can you imagine? 
because I I think there's a very real possibility of this happening. Okay, go ahead. Next year. All right. Presidential debates. Yeah, that's the Trump thing. Trump and Biden. You know, <laughs> they're both losing. So it. here's the thing. I don't know if this is true, but this is what I was told by someone. Um, he doesn't have to debate. No, he doesn't have to. There's no, there's no law. I it mean, would, it, it would be unprecedented. Yes. In our modern times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For him not to debate. Yeah, there's no. I mean, there's no legal obligation for them to do any of it. That's that, why, like, that I can easily imagine them being like. Um, he doesn't no. have to debate these people. Yeah. He's out of their league. He's above them. Yeah, he doesn't have to. I mean, it would look bad. I it mean, would, but, it would, I don't, but if they spun it in a way where it was sort of like them treating the Democrats like a joke. I think mostly what it will come down to is they're pulling numbers with moderates before the election. If they, because that will turn off moderates who are like, I don't know who to vote for. I which don't think again, they care about moderates anymore. I think their whole thing is double down, really excite the base, rig elections so we win uh i don't know i mean i think you there's certain states where you have to win moderates not necessarily like all moderates but you have to win enough share of them and if they are not winning them i like i think they will because that will turn off some people um because that's like their whole thing is like they don't they don't need a majority they don't need the the electoral uh they don't need the the popular vote. No. They, but they need to win certain states um, by a razor thin margin. And they do that by getting people to A, sit out, and then B, getting people who are like, you know, I mean, like a big part of their base last time, which they probably have turned at this point, but it was like a lot of part of the base was just people who are like, yeah, I don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You know, and so you get enough of those people in those states and you win by razor thin margins. Mm. That's all you need to do to win by. Yeah. Um, I mean, also what I forget is flashing back to his uh when he did debate hillary clinton Uh i was like all right she trounced him and then check the news the next day and it was like he did way better than we thought well another thing too that works in trump's favor is that low expectations it's not i I don't know if it's low expectations it's more like what people don't seem to get what a lot of political pundits don't seem to get about donald trump is that they're still treating him like a like a regular candidate right. in a regular political field. His base doesn't like him for the same reasons they like other political candidates. Yeah. If he comes out and he if he came out during a debate and literally, you know, like called like just started like swearing at the other person, his base would like They'd him more. Yeah, if he's cruel and mean and has those dumb little names he gives people, yeah, like, crooked Hillary or something, they love that shit. A, a lot of the like political calculations that have been entrenched for decades at this point are like, oh you can't say this, you can't do this. They're like, like finally somebody's saying yeah, it. Yeah, his base likes him more. So I that's one reason why I think they will debate because he he they want to put they like if you were like a like a like a political science like grad student and you were like if you didn't have the context and you were just like this candidate swears and talk and like talks at like a fifth grade level <laughs> and like just like doesn't know anything and mispronounces go- basic words yeah and just like yeah. you would think like get him away like you can't have He's him but unfit I, but yeah I think Trump very much wants to be on tv with joe biden oh my thing is i know he wants it right 
But I wonder if they'll, his handlers will somehow be like, you're really above debating them because they're in self-preservation mode. If he, if it is true that he is indeed unraveling behind the scenes, like people think, there's also a theory that he just can't read the teleprompter <laughs> um, because he wears glasses, but he doesn't want to wear glasses in yeah, public, which, but, which doesn't explain him no. not mispronouncing like basic <laughs> words right. when he's not reading. Uh-huh. But, you know, he's getting old. Maybe he's just, in general... Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what, what goes on with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no... I mean, I, I think he will. I think he knows that the more TV time he gets in front of his base, the better it is for him. Yeah. Because, like I said, it's not a regular political calculation. His base loves him for all the stuff that a political science would tell you you can't do. Right. And yeah, so... Yeah, at this point, us trying to make predictions, us trying to read from any kind of political playbook, it's like... No one can predict what's going to happen next because we are fully in uncharted waters at this point. Um, Anyway, so I wanted to talk about Trump approvingly (sighs) tweeting the words of this Christian convert and radio host, Wayne Allen Root. Truly, if you're not familiar with Wayne Allen Root, truly an unhinged person. Right. Truly like like brain damage. The tweet compared Trump to the king of Israel and described him as being akin to the second coming of God. It went on to criticize, quote unquote, American Jews who don't like and support Trump, mm-hmm. which he's been doing a lot lately. Like yeah. This like purity test for right. American Jewish people. Yeah. And also him apparently being baffled as to why American Jewish people would not be bowled over by his aggressively pro-Israel right. maneuvering as though all Jewish people in America support Israel. Well, <laughs> so this is the, 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 the frustrating like thing there's so okay first off there's so many things wrong with this statement uh first of all uh jewish people don't believe in the second coming Mm. uh that's part of their whole deal (laughs) right uh you know um but what's so frustrating is that if you so if you're on the left and you talk about jewish support for israel Mm. you get accused of being anti-semitic you get accused of you know when you you know, of dual loyalty charges and stuff like that. And Trump just outright says, like, you're being disloyal to Israel. Right. And, like, nobody bats an eye. Not nobody, but, I mean, like, on the right. Like, the people that are supposedly the watchdogs for anti-Semitism are, like, so, like he's ba- he's telling American Jews like you're being disloyal to Israel. Right. Uh, that's a dual loyalty charge. He's right. telling them they should be loyal to Israel, which is again that's not right. Like yeah, that's the same thing that people are like literally sending death threats to Elon Omar about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's just you know it's just so frustrating. He I mean there was he does this all the time. It, it's so frustrating. Like he met with um. Uh, a bunch of uh, uh, American Jewish lawmakers uh, a couple months ago, and he said, "Your Prime Minister bitten Netanyahu." Mm. Like, no, what? That's, these are American They're lawmakers. Ameri- yeah, and I—it's uh, so weird. It, it's such a weird niche he's carved out for himself yeah. because, and again, I—I I would never accuse him of like planning anything in advance, no. <clears throat> but almost in. All of that dual citizen citizenship stuff, saying you're prime minister, yeah. stuff like that. He's sort of walking this line where he is pandering to Israel, yeah, while also pandering to anti-Semitics, right? Because he's pretending as though 
he is this great partner to Israel, Mm -hmm. while at the same time drawing this sharp line between Jewish people and, like, quote-unquote, regular Americans. Right, right, right. Where he's like, you're prime minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Your country. These are Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's sort of doing both at the same time. Yeah, Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is otherizing them a lot. Yeah, yeah, And there was this article I read. I'm sorry. I'm I'm spacing on who wrote it. About how Trump is anti-Semitic in a way where he thinks he is saying positive things about Jewish people. Right. Where he's sort of like, you know, they control the wealth and stuff like that. Like, as a businessman, he thinks he's paying them great compliments. But it's like, no, you're actually just, you're run-of-the-mill anti-Semite. Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing of, like, you know, positive stereotypes, you know. And it's like, you know, it's I mean, it's, you know, it's like, I mean, he does it to everyone. It's the same thing of being like, yeah, Asian guys, you're good at math, right? right? It's like he does the same thing with Jewish people. It's like, yeah, you guys have all the money. And then you he's like, I'm not racist. I'm saying nice things about you. Right? It's yeah. Like, well, and nobody. Then, and then yeah, I think it's very much as simple as like, you know, Israel's a Jewish state. He sees Jews. He's like Israel. Yeah, you like you like Israel, right? Because you're Jewish. Right. And then it's like it's that oversimplified way of thinking about the world, where like he can't imagine why American Jewish people would not support Israel. Right. Yeah. Because of. You know the horrific treatment of Palestinians, right? And yeah, and all then, of that stuff. And like I said, like if you're on the left and you're like, "Hey, like uh, su- support for Israel is problematic," then you get accused of being anti-Semitic. anti-Semitic yeah. But then if you're like, you know, it's just it, 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 you know, it's just this weird like, I don't know, I don't know why they let him get away with it. I don't understand it. Yeah, especially people that are like, you know, I mean, like the most frustrating thing is like seeing people like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> Who's like supposed to be, you know, Mr. Orthodox Jewish person. He should play Wolverine. Ooh. He's so little and he's so mad. That would be good. He'd be so mad. Just like I whenever I think of Ben Shapiro, I think of like the old cartoon with like the big guy holding the little guy on the head and he's like <laughs> swinging his arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I always see. Yeah, ben for sure. Um, so then the other dumb thing that happened with Trump recently was following the dumb thing with Greenland where uh-huh. he offered to, mm-hmm. um, not offered, uh, declared he was going to buy yes, Greenland. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he also got into it with Denmark. He canceled a trip to Denmark and subsequently accused the country's prime minister of being quote unquote nasty <laughs> for quickly dismissing his desire to purchase Greenland. So now he's fighting with Denmark and Greenland <laughs> countries we never previously had beef with, uh, at all it would be like if you walked outside to your neighbor Mm -hmm. and you're like hey uh let me buy your car and they're like no this is my car i need it and you're like okay we're fighting now now we're fighting (laughs) now we are enemies and i am coming at you with the force of the u.s military i didn't i didn't put my car up for sale you just walked (laughs) over and you were gonna buy it (laughs) which is weird that's a weird thing to do and then your behaviors yeah and then you're just like oh okay you won't sell it to me i hate you yeah now i'm gonna destroy you (laughs) we talked about this before and i think you're right this again is just like sort of dog whistle stuff for his base it's like a colonialist attitude where it's like uh that swaggering sort of american arrogance like i could buy whatever i want to buy yeah it's it's that it's you know uh it's it it is sort of like it's it 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 reinforces because his base is made up of dumb people Mm. the like oh yeah he's really he's really good at real estate and deals (laughs) it's just like what what are you talking about (laughs) like it's like And I I heard all these, like, conservative commentators after he said that being like, yeah, I mean, it's not for sale, but, like, if it was, like, this would be good for America. It's like, okay, but it's not. What are you talking about? It is just 
it is bizarre to watch the extent the right will go to try to rationalize his behavior. Yeah. Where they're like, actually, this was a good move. Yeah. By the pre- and it's like, what are you talking about? A- he is right. He could walk down the middle of the street and yeah, shoot people absolutely. and they would make excuses for him. Of course him. they would. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they, it's just, you know, it, it, it's just. I, I understand, you know, uh, uh, tribalism i understand like defending your yeah the left leader does of your it party too of course sure. i understand like yeah. the sort of rationalization but like there's also a point you have to be like it's not rationalizing like why you believe in a certain position like you're just rationalizing like like insane like syphilitic brain behavior right like he's clearly losing it I do wonder if there's a line that he can cross that will be too far. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think I think literally they might be like the most I've ever seen anyone do is be like, oh, you know, like I don't support everything he says, but like still overall he's better for the country than a Democrat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. Okay. Are you gonna address the fact that he thinks he can just buy land that's not for sale? Like no. buy countries? No. <laughs> uh guys, that's enough of the bad news because ooh, we got a doozy of a good news story oh, to talk about. Sweet. It was a good day yesterday. Here's your good news. <laughs> David Koch is dead. <laughs> he's so dead and he's in oh the ground. God. He's gonna be dead forever. I'm so fucking happy. The only way I could be more happy is if it was also his brother. <laughs> Yeah, it like will in happen. A, like a, in like a dual like plane crash. It will happen soon. Yeah. Uh, I'm sort of going to put two good news stories together right now. But you know how celebrities always die in three. Mm-hmm. So it's Epstein, Coke, and then my heart stopped because I saw Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right. her name trending. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out um, they just can't detect cancer in her anymore. <laughs> so I was like, the rule of three came for RBG and she punched it in yeah, the throat, uh-huh. basically. that's basi- She basically fought death and won, yeah. everybody. And listen... I know uh, she's problematic uh, in some of her rulings and um, the Supreme Court is an antiquated institution and we should probably abolish it. But while it exists, I want her to be there as long as possible. Well, <laughs> well I will say, like I said on Twitter, you know, it won't actually matter if RBG dies because you right. know, Mitch McConnell won't allow a Supreme Court vote in an election year. Right. So we have that, you know. Right. Um <laughs> So yeah, David David Koch. Here's the thing, I I saw some like well-meaning people on the left basically being like, you know, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, or um, I'm not going to celebrate his death. Which wow, you are such a good person, and I am so impressed (laughs) right now. I just feel like you're above all of us, Um, and you know, like good for you. But here's the thing, he was an evil man. He uh, worked his whole life to advance right-wing legislation to destroy the planet and kill poor people. Uh-huh. I'm fucking glad he's dead. Ha ha ha. There if I could really get close to his grave, I would dance on There was it. a really great tweet going around that just, I mean, it was the same sentiment as everyone else, but just like the way it was phrased and like the musicality of the tweet just got me. Like, mm-hmm. cause it was a guy, you've probably seen it. It went, he was like, regardless of what you think about David Koch, 
uh, fuck him and I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or no, it was like fuck him and it rules that he's dead. And I was like, it's just it's just written so perfectly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, it was just like perfectly phrased, like written like just great. Um, I think the thing with Coke is that I've been thinking about this a lot, especially in relation to all the news about Antifa recently, mm-hmm. about people being upset about Antifa violence. And I think there's a very weird thing that happens in our culture where we... It is weird to me that, like, what we consider acceptable and unacceptable and what's considered a decent act and an indecent act. Mm -hmm. So, like, for instance, with David Koch, like, it's uncivil or inhumane to speak ill of him because he died. Allegedly. But it's not uncivil to, like support legislation that hurts people right you know right like who do we care about and why do we care about them you know this is always my thing with like you know with well like i said with the antifa it's like you know they're like oh you can't punch people it's like okay well i think punching someone is less bad than uh you know racist immigration policies and it's suspect to me that you get so emotional about the one but not the other right i understand like if you're like a deeply committed civil rights activist and also you're like we shouldn't punch people yeah i would be like that to me is more rational than the person who truly never says anything about institutional racism right and then suddenly is like oh my god that man should go to prison for punching that person i'm like why are you so upset about the one and not the other yeah it's just weird to me that like you know we consider it's like it's not considered political violence if you pass a law that harms people mm. you know what i mean like we consider laws and we consider like legislation to be acceptable things to do and you're not allowed to be criticized for it mm. it's like i i consider both of those equal acts if you pass a law that hurts a lot of people and someone punches you in the face i don't see what like you know what i mean like that's an acceptable response as far as i'm concerned if you don't like i don't know why we consider like like donating money to like destroy unions and destroy the when environment when it's like considered civil like, I know, like this is just like how how politics works and it's like but one does so much more the cokes have done more destruction like a, a million times more destruction in their lives than antifa could ever ever hope to do, do. ever, ever hope do. to do and then why is all of this hatred directed at antifa who literally just exist to Opposed fascists. Yeah. And also, like, when you destroy the environment and you destroy poor people and unions and the working class, like, you don't get to, like, turn around and rehabilitate your image by, like, fucking giving money to Lincoln Center or yeah. whatever. Like, I don't give because a shit. Because he liked to go to the opera. Yeah, That's like, truly why he gave money yeah, to Lincoln like, I don't Center. Give a shit. Like, okay, gl- I'm glad you supported the arts, but I don't give a shit. Like, that doesn't. I don't give a shit. It doesn't I, make up for what you did. Yeah. The thing is, I feel like we need to have a conversation in this country about civility. Yeah. And our concepts of civility. Because so many people will just wrench at their pearls if somebody swears or, yeah, throws a punch. Yeah. But they will talk about the Koch brothers as though the they are these, like, civilized men. Right. And I can't think of anything more uncivilized than working to destroy the environment yeah. and destroy unions. Absolutely. And destroy poor people. It's like, these men are evil. Yeah, I mean... Why do we treat them as though they're civilized? I It's, un- like like I said, like, the... the way we've drawn these lines is so strange to me and especially when you're thinking about the impact that these people have had like they've like i said the damage that they've done is so much more it's like in the, i always think about it too in relation to like mitch mcconnell like what mitch mcconnell has done to the country uh is f- like 
and this came up recently because like a bunch of protesters are standing outside of his house yelling at him. Good. And people were like, "Oh, they're harassing Mitch McConnell at his home, Jesus. at his home where his family lives." Get it's like fucked. he's done more damage to the country than almost anyone, and mm-hmm. it frankly is upsetting to me that more people don't talk about it. He is one of the biggest monsters of modern political life. He's a great example of how if you're milk toast enough, yeah, you can be so evil mm-hmm. and do so much damage and people really won't notice because like if he was like running up to poor people and shooting them right yeah. that would be noticed in a way that w- what he's doing in washington isn't noticed yeah. because it's just politics yeah it's exactly. just politics it's bloodless he's not hurting anybody he's actually hurting way more people than he would be able to if he was just running up to them yeah and him, he's them. destroying whole people's lives oh I mean, yeah he's just millions just, of people i hope he never l- gets to leave his house i hope he's afraid yeah, all the he time he should never have a day of peace ever i feel yeah. that way about everybody in the trump administration yeah. when there was that little spate of people like running up to them at restaurants yeah. and like ruining their dinners yeah they should never have a moment in peace in public ever again. No, they should be afraid forever, forever. until they die. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's that's the them. least they deserve. Like, yeah, like like I said, that's, this is the thing that bothers me so much is just like, you don't get to ruin other people's life and then claim about civility. Yeah. You just don't. You don't get You're to. You're not above it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and just like we, and that's why like I have, I like I understand the, the, the knee-jerk reaction of seeing videos of Antifa punching people. I don't agree with it, but I'm saying I understand if you're how it would be shocking to some people yes, i understand if you're not involved with that if you're not i can understand why people would be reactionary to it but it just is like y- you have to put things in perspective and it, you know th- you're not somehow more civil because you ruin people's lives through legislation and right. not by physical violence and i think like i don't know what that's going to take for people to understand probably them just like completely running the country into the ground more than they already have yeah but we really need to reframe what we think civility means yeah and and who's civil and who's being civil because some of our worst criminals are in washington yeah. dc yeah. and we need to understand that people like david coke are monsters mm-hmm. they are truly monsters and it doesn't matter that he gave whatever amount of money to lincoln center yeah he destroyed the planet yeah that he was a, a horrible man. Yeah. I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad I hope he's his dead. brother's next. I hope his brother's next. I, I understand that um these elderly white men dying won't magically fix things. No. And there will always be bad men like them to to step up and like seize the the reins of power. But then, you know, like we have to work so that those people don't amass so much power. Right. The only thing I'm sad about in relation to David Koch dying is that he just gets to pass down his wealth to his fucking shitty kids and not yes. like doesn't go back to the community. I saw your tweet where it's like we should be able to seize their assets. Yeah. Like, f- like, yeah, the estate tax should be 100 percent. Like, fuck off. Like, Without question. D- like, uh, what I did just, your shitty kids do to yeah, deserve that money? Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I saw like uh, like the it came out there was a story recently about the Walmart heirs uh making like they make like 4 million dollars an hour or something mm-hmm. and like so <laughs> ben, I of all people Ben Shapiro like of course saw that article and had a big screed on his show about like sure. how they're the they own the company and like they deserve to make more because of all the risks they're taking. It's like they didn't do shit. They didn't. They do were shit. born into a family and the company got handed to them. Yeah. They don't even do anything for Walmart. Truthfully, they just sit there and earn the money. We F- could have a wealth tax of seventy percent and they would still be never have to work a day in their lives. Never. I never. mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, like, fuck, like all that, all that estate that he has should just be. Go- I mean, 
Look, I support 100% estate tax. I understand some people might not, but it's got to be at least 50. At least. At least, like, fuck And I, what I don't think people understand is if it's at 50, they still never have to work a day in their lives. No. They're still fabulously wealthy. Yeah. It's just not as obscene yeah. if we redistribute the rest of that estate. Yeah, you don't just keep fucking, like, passing down all this, like, this empire you've created. No, like, we end up with bad situations yeah. when that happens. We end up with... Um, that's how you end up with dynasties. That's dynasties. How you end up with, that's how you end up and with then we have revolutions, and then people roll out the guillotines. Yeah. So if we don't want to get to the guillotines... Let's uh, tax them at a higher rate, huh? I was also uh, a funny thing that happened was like when the whole Epstein thing was going down, and you know, <laughs> all these like right leaning people were like, "How did he make his money? How did this? You know, how did he get all this money and stuff?" It's like that's all billionaires. That's yeah. uh, that's how all of this works. Like yeah. none of them deserve any of no. this. No, he was like, also like a prolific blackmailer. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's shady the way he got his money because nobody knows how he made it. But it's yeah. like that's not any. I mean, you know, uh, 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 speak like. <laughs> his financial stuff is not any worse than any other billionaire. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his uh, 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 worldwide child sex ring, much worse. But Not a good thing. Not a good thing. We want to say explicitly <laughs> on My Trees and News, we are anti-global child <laughs> sex trafficking yeah. rings. Uh, but like the way he amassed his wealth and the way he amassed his power, it's not any different than any other fucking billionaire. No, no. Like, they're all pieces of shit. And even the I'm ones that's, they're dead. And even like <laughs> the ones, it's like, and they all are e- like they all become evil people. Like the like, even if you, even if they made their money in an honest way, like you look at people like new tech billionaires like Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. Mark Zuckerberg is suing pe- indigenous people in Hawaii because he bought a bunch of land and he wants their land too. Yeah, that he didn't buy. You know what I don't understand? I think most people agree that children need strong boundaries or they become. Like little monsters. Yeah. Why do we treat billionaires any differently? I know. Like they need boundaries and they need rules and they need to not be able to do whatever the fuck they want or they become monsters. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The way we treat billionaires in this like in this world and it's it's just like I mean there shouldn't be billionaires but if there's gonna be there should not be billionaires then they like. Yeah, probably shouldn't be millionaires. But anyway, yeah, uh, guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at E R E K underscore Smith. I have a quick request for listeners. Yeah. Uh, If anybody listens to this show, uh, works in uh, UX research, trying to find out some info about that. Like you want to go into it? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I was talking. I'm finishing up my degree in sociology and Mm -hmm. I was talking to some people about uh, opportunities for like social research and stuff. And they mentioned that. So. Uh, if you do that, hit me up. I'd like to talk to you about it. Yeah. Uh, tweet them. Also go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button smash if you want to keep us going. Or go to patreon.com slash Kilkenny. Sign up at the $5 a month level or higher to send questions that we'll answer on Light Trees and News. $10 a month or higher, you get to do the online hangouts every month, plus send questions. There's even a $50 a month level where I'll send you a handwritten letter every Ooh. month. I'll fucking do that for you. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening. If you had any thoughts about today's episode, hashtag Light Trees and Pod on Twitter. Tell your friends about the show. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. 